hey, 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 hey. Welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene. And V, we interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We ask people on Twitter if they had specific topics they want us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Spencer One. Hi! Hello! Hello. How's it going, Spencer? Uh, good. I'm very sore from archery yesterday. Oh, we're going to get into your archery later. Oh, <laughs> you've, told me, you've told me much about your, your archery, and I, I want to know more. But... Uh, you are an animator, a very talented animator, very prolific, um, worked on some really awesome projects and uh, kind of accidentally started an animation studio, according to the way you describe it. And uh, so we're excited to talk to you about uh, all of that. But for those who don't know you, tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, I'm Spencer Wan. I am a traditional animator in America. Not very many of us these days, but... Uh, now there really aren't. <laughs> yeah, no, there really aren't. Um, but, you know, I, I do everything in the animation process from design to cleanup, what have you. And now I'm working on Spider-Verse uh, as a VizDev awesome. artist. That's really cool. Um, tell us a little bit, sort of briefly, kind of how you got your start and how you got to where you are now, like working professionally as a traditional animator, which isn't easy. So uh, how do I, it. how do I keep that brief? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, talk about as much as you want. Um, well, I, uh, I was working in a tire shop, kind of bottoming out with my life. And then, uh, Dana Terrace, messaged me one day and told me that I had not even tried to work in the industry. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine, that's that's probably fair. So I applied to a studio <laughs> called ADHD, uh, and uh, they took me in and I moved to Los Angeles. And that's more or less how I got my start in animation. I, Very cool. I love that. I think there's a little bit of a, something to say here. You and Dana kind of go back, right? You went to the same school, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, I remember the moment we became friends was when we got drunk and showed each other our old deviant art profiles. Uh, As you do, <laughs> a college tradition. Yeah. How much of a? How much would you say your online presence kind of um, kept you motivated to keep drawing and, and most importantly animating? Because how? Kind of, what was your relationship to drawing versus animating? Was was there one that you were more interested in than the other? Um, well, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't think I'd be able to animate at all. So, uh, I mean, it took me a while to start animating. I think I really only started uh, even trying to do it after applying to an animation course. Um, mm -hmm. For college, I just, like, one day decided animation would be my major, and I was like, oh, I should probably uh, try to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Before what getting into school. The, yeah. What were some of like the early uh, steps you took to start getting into animation? Were you doing like just tests or did you have like a short that you were working on? Um, I mean, I was really just doing tests. I didn't have any any ideas for shorts or anything. Or Well, I mean, I did, mm -hmm. but I, I thought that they would be too hard to make because making a long animation is much harder than making a short animation. Sure is. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> the right way to do it, maybe. I don't know. I guess it depends on who you are, but... Uh, yeah, big projects tend to not be finished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of just got to start fucking around, right? Like, there's no other way to get started yeah. than to just kind of get in there and do it, even if it's all wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What were <laughs> some of your, like, what what tools were you using back then? Was it Animate or Flash or what? No, dude, I was using some, like, thing called Pencil that was freeware on the internet, and it was Pencil. glitchy as hell, and it bugged all of my old files, so now the only way I can get them back is to, like, take the video and like frame by frame screenshot each one and then put it into an actual animation uh. software and then retime it. Actually, I don't think I can even do that anymore. I was trying to like look at my old hidden DeviantArt posts to try and like reassemble some of these old things, but they've been so uh, the internet has gone through so many iterations now that the files have been entirely lost. Mm. Yeah, that happens. It's kind of sad that like how much of the 2000s era of the internet is just being buried because it, like flash is dead now like a lot of websites are gone and so it's just like people used to say like everything's for on the internet forever and it's like is it really <sighs> though because there's clearly a you know ex expiration date on a lot of this stuff you just don't realize it yeah but, you know they uh that whole thing where they 
entirely got rid of uh, Flash Player happened in the middle of the Critical Role project we were doing last year. And I was like, oh. nobody uninstall Flash Player. We still need it. <laughs> oh, my <Damn>. God. <laughs> yeah. ah! So uh, we all just had to deal with constant Flash Player uninstall prompt windows popping up every day. Yeah, there are like entire games that I used to really like that were based in Flash Player and they just can't play them anymore. It really sucks. Um, but anyway, that aside. So what were some of your earliest uh, professional projects that you worked on in animation? <laughs> um, I did a ton of those ADHD shorts that were on YouTube. You mm -hmm. can actually still find them. And there, there's certain ones where... It's obvious I just, like, sat down and, like, pumped in a, a lot more effort than I needed to just to keep myself sane and to make myself feel like I was actually doing, you know, artwork <laughs> and not just, like, a, yeah. a desk job. Um, and then there were a couple I entirely animated myself back then. Um, and that was, like, not a good job, but it made me really fast. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to Google those, you can just search, like, like animation domination high def on youtube and they pop up and you can see all my weird work <laughs> from the first year i, I was that, a professional yeah. animator uh fast is good fast is is very important i think that like because that's the thing about animation right is that it all flies by so fast that like if you get too particular about every frame and every even every key drawing sometimes it's like you're just it's you're never gonna get it done it's it's on screen for so little time usually. Yeah, and you know back then we had to animate and clean up at least one scene per day. Damn. Yeah, it was yeah, insane. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> How were we supposed to make anything decent when we had to do that? Um, I I didn't know yeah, that ADHD was your first uh, gig. I for some reason I thought Castlevania was, but you did ADHD first, right? Yeah, no, I I, I was animating professionally way before I, I got into Castlevania. Wow. What was your first, uh, when you say um, uh, professionally, do you mean like in the in the LA industry or do you mean you were also uh, animating uh, freelance? Uh, I just mean as in I was paid for it. Well, I mean, I think there were like mm -hmm. some little music videos or things I did before ADHD, but I, I, I honestly, I can't remember anymore. ADHD <laughs> <laughs> is such a weird little blip because like I, I almost worked there too on um, Axe Cop. And um, I was like looking to get into the TV industry out here and they reached, I think they reached out to me or something. I don't remember, maybe I applied, but they were paying so little. Like I, I had a job, I was working in mobile games and it was paying fairly well. And I was like, they were like hiring for cleanup, I think. And uh, they're like, yeah, we'll pay you. I think it was, I swear it was like 15 an hour. Oh no, that is, like, that is very much correct. There are people there making like 14 yeah. an hour. Ugh. And so I was like, no, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's a lot of work. And yeah. so, uh, yeah. And it's not a surprise that they folded pretty fast because it was just like, you're not treating your people well. I don't know. Well, that wasn't the reason they folded. <laughs> the reason they folded is because they dumped a whole bunch of money into useless shit. Uh, yeah i mean if it, i don't know the full story of that. <laughs> i mean you can get along taking advantage of your employees i mean you probably make a lot of money that way but like they even managed true, to tank true. under that so like wow true yeah no that's true um so uh v was there did you want to ask anything um i was just gonna um, clarify just like real fast just for our audience that is kind of like new to you going into interviews because um just a little heads up everyone listening spencer has done a bunch of interviews that are really really great and really in depth about his like his um path into animation so if you want to kind of like listen uh to more in depth there's uh an amazing podcast uh called the uh, the queer experience um there's also dispel uh, but I kind of wanted to uh, highlight some key points of uh, the way you studied animation because you said you were interested in drawing, but you didn't really realize that you wanted to animate before you were in school, right? Um, what school did you go to and how was the process for applying to school? Um, I went to School of Visual Arts. Uh, there's only one of them. Everyone always asks like which one. 
you went to. But no, <laughs> yeah. there's just one. SVA, um, <laughs> SVA for um, yeah, SVA. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember kind of what it was like for to like submit a portfolio or that kind of stuff? I honestly can't remember at all at this point. <laughs> that, that that was so long ago. I I must have stressed over it a lot, but uh, uh, yeah, I it's entirely faded from my memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally okay. And um, I was gonna ask you also. So how long was the school? How long did you sp- spend at SVA? Um, I spent two years there, and then I I dropped out after the end of my second year. Awesome. So after you, I, I like, I said awesome because I like that you didn't have, you didn't have to go all the way t- till the end to still be a successful animator. And I think that's a really interesting thing to highlight. Um, what did you do after you dropped out? What did you like that look like for you? Uh, what did I do after I dropped out? Well, I started working in that tire shop. Yeah. And <laughs> Where I was, was that, working... by the way? <laughs> What what area? Uh, discount Tire in uh where was that? Some something like it was in Sandy Springs in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And uh I was also working for a city art camp at the same time. So I would go and deal with children in the morning and get mentally exhausted, and then I would go to the tire shop and get physically exhausted. And that was the sort of place where like Half the time we didn't even get lunch breaks, so I would just jam a bunch of granola bars in my back pocket. And at some point during the day, I would, like, with my soot-stained hands, just, like, grab a smushed granola bar out of my back pocket and, like, jam a whole bunch of rust and soot and whatever was in that granola bar Uh. out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. How long did you spend doing both of these extremely draining jobs? Uh, before Dana reached out like and how was kind of like that process for you like were you just kind of like I don't know were you still posting online were you because you it sounds like it was a lot was I still posting online I can't even remember I, I was in kind of a weird relationship at the time and I was just tired all the time was I posting online then I guess I could check Tumblr and find out <laughs> but I I feel like I had sort of just I feel like I wasn't drawing very much. I ended up quitting both of those jobs because I was too tired to do them yeah. anymore. And, and then I started drawing again, but I was like real, I was real depressed. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's, it can get really tough, I think, to be after, you know, after school. And I think for a lot of people, that's something like they relate to because it's like finding your first gig right after school it can be kind of hard. And it's like a lot on, like you need to have like a lot of faith, right? And I, it's really, I, I like that a lot that Dana reached out to you and kind of like gave you like a second wind, I guess, to get to, to try. Um, and how- I think it was more like a lecture than a second wind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how was, when she, when she said that, were you kind of like, um, did you, think I'm going to move out and see what happens? Or did you kind of like uh, look for a gig from like remotely? I honestly just followed her recommendation. I wasn't thinking very much about anything at that time. I wasn't really like trying to plan ahead for my future. Mm. I was so tired and like (laughs) uh, (laughs) jaded by that point that I didn't even, I don't know. I didn't think things would possibly work out in any real fashion. I just kind of was flowing from one thing to the next. And um and you landed the gig at ADHD. That's really cool. Did you make a lot of friends at ADHD? Like how was um how was networking from from there on out or what did your career look look like really fast after? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't think I did very much networking back then. I basically just hung out with people on the shorts team there. Mm. Um I think at some point they were planning on trying to move me to another one of their tv shows but i ended up staying on the shorts team almost the entire time i was at that studio (laughs) um and there wasn't really a lot of communication between departments i think by design there so um yeah well because they tried to unionize at one point and then um in reaction to that they split the entire studio apart so that people couldn't communicate Uh, anymore i mean like we that's kind of a conspiracy theory. I mean, like, maybe they just needed more space, but, like, it seemed like a lot of the union people ended up in one location, and a lot of the people who were either on the fence or didn't want to do it were in another location. I don't know, man. I don't... I, I don't... 
I, like anything is possible at this point. Like I just when I hear shit like that, it's like I don't know, probably. Yeah. Well, we were also afraid that we'd lose our jobs because they used to fire people at a moment's notice there. I I got my job there because some guy said some innocuous thing in a meeting and they just fired him on the spot. (gasps) Cool. Wow. That's nice nice and healthy. Ah. Yeah. I was having a real great time there. I mean, I had really good friends. There were some really quality artists at that place and like some really good people, but it was a hard place to work and I I tried to give up on animation after that. (laughs) And I left LA and I went back home. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And home for you is Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've moved around quite a bit, huh? Because you I, you mentioned to me that you, you don't like to stay in one place for too long. It just drives me insane. I mean, maybe it's just that my life kind of sucked for a while, and that was what was driving me insane, and I thought maybe a fresh start would, like, get me going again, and it usually did. Um, and it doesn't really work now. I'm too old. Ah! And now it's <laughs> yeah. tiring to move. Oh, yeah, it's exhausting, especially if you're going, like, across the country. Yeah. That's a lot. I have made the trip uh... from L.A. to Georgia, like, eight times by car. and do you insist on going by car every time because is it like is it just like part of your soul and being Uh, now i usually just have stuff i need to move and there there was there was no financial alternative than to jam all of it into the back of my car oh yeah interesting yeah moving is brutal yeah um what are some of your like earliest influences as far as um animation and art but even outside of that really if there's something else that inspired you well i mean my, my earliest influence for was from this animator named noria matsumoto who i think i think i've talked about him on podcasts like a billion times by now who isn't an- influenced by noria matsumoto these days right <laughs> um so what is the context for that like what have they done uh well he did all of those crazy fight scenes in like the early naruto series Ah, okay. Yeah. Is that like the one with Sasuke? Is that the famous one? Uh, It's like all the famous ones with Sasuke. He did so many Sasuke Shit. scenes. I mean, he did the Rock Lee scene too. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know. Whole I, bunch I of kids saw names, that. <laughs> I don't know names of uh, animators really. Like I, people will have all these lists of like Sasuke people, but I don't J'accuse. know. I know. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't obsess over like people's work like that. I and it, but it's it is cool to know that there is pretty much one person. It seems like that's uh, in charge of all of that for Naruto, at least. That's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, that realization is kind of a powerful tool in animation because then you know exactly mm-hmm. where to look for reference. Up until oh, yeah, that point, sure. people are just like, oh, they'll, they'll chalk it up to budget, or they'll say some particular studio did something. But if you know the artist that did something, you can just go directly to the source and learn from that very true and there's websites that'll have like databases of like just clips of like sakuga animation from all kinds of shows um, you have strong feelings about sakuga right <laughs> i do i thought you did but maybe i uh maybe i'm wrong <laughs> with the new trend of like in animators um oh that i i mean they can do whatever they want i really it's not my business <laughs> I want to know more about this, this context. I want to know what was the what V was talking about. Um, V's talking about a trend in animation where people uh, try to make like the flashiest possible animation they can to post it on Twitter, but uh, skip all of the basics, and then they yeah have trouble doing lip sync or anything after that. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Especially since you're in a position where you've had to like work, like hire people and work with people, you probably have a a keener sort of eye for that now maybe i feel like i've been complaining about it for years and it was probably just a lot of bitterness given the fact that i was coming out of adhd <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> yeah well that's uh, that's always a thing with art right that like people want to do the stuff that is like you said like flashy and impressive but then nobody can it's hard to jump straight to doing those really cool things like you usually have to start with basics and stuff you don't want to do the the the, the grunt work for lack of a better term and, yeah. and so yeah and like you end up having a hard time breaking in because you're like well why is nobody hiring me for sakuga it's like because you can't really do that like everyone has to start somewhere well i mean these days you can but uh yeah which is great don't get me wrong <laughs> i was definitely really bitter about it in my early career because i spent years doing grunt work but i do think my work has a lot of like structure 
to it now. Sure. Oh, Thanks yeah. for that. Definitely. Hundred percent. I feel like you're, yeah. and you're also just one of you're you're one of the few. Like you said when you introduced yourself, like one of the few American animators, uh, because now most of animation is done overseas or like either in in Canada or like in Asia. Honestly, I'm way more bitter about that. <laughs> oh, really? In in what way do you wish there were more animation, two D animation for um, jobs for, in America? Mm, I mean, it's. It's part that, but it's also part like, man, we really take advantage of Korean animators. Oh, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Totally. <clears throat> they don't get paid well at all. No, I mean, God, like ADHD would look great next to that. And I, I personally just kind of find that appalling. So uh, that that is not how I want to run a studio. And we're going to try and commit to doing animation here and paying people properly for as long as I man in charge so that's great we'll see if we sure. get anywhere with that how do you how did you like run us through what that was like for you kind of like why did you why did you create your stu the studio accidentally what makes you uh say it was accidental well i just didn't really know what, what i was doing at the time I, I thought i was just taking on kind of an interesting job and i thought it would be interesting to work with a team rather than just do something solo like everyone always asks me to do um, but then somewhere in the middle of the process, I realized like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. I think maybe there's something here that I hadn't really considered. And, you know, we all used to talk about starting studios when we were kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. Everyone in art college is always talking about how they're going to like start a That's studio and change the industry. And like Dana and I talked about stuff like this all the time when we were younger. <laughs> I just never thought it would be possible anymore. Yeah. It seems like a lot because we talked to Chris Pernowski too and like that Titmouse was also like it was like a t-shirt company at first like it wasn't even had anything to do with animation and then like, yeah same thing where it was like they just had projects that they needed to get done and they had to hire people but I, I I can't imagine somebody setting out to start an animation like you got you gotta have a client base right like that's where it starts you gotta have people that are paying you and I can't imagine just like I'm gonna start a studio and like finding clients from there I think that must be like insanely difficult yeah i mean i, I don't know <laughs> this this thing right. just sort of fell into my lap and then i decided to take it seriously this is <laughs> i'm not the sort of person you should ask about how to start a studio it just sort of happened and i let it happen but you did you did sure, have sure, to yeah. um what do you think was the hardest thing for you setting up a studio and what was the most exciting thing about it would you say uh, the hardest thing was convincing a, a bank to let us open a bank account. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, they they don't want... It, ban banks consider business accounts to be pretty risky, I guess, so they they make a really big deal about opening a business account, and uh, I was trying to open one here with Chase, but they wouldn't let me do it. <gasps> I ended up having to open a bank account in Georgia um, because my bank that I had used ever since I was a kid was the only one that would let me open a business account. Interesting. Mm. Is it is it because you were a client for longer or is mm. it because uh is it because like states like I don't know, maybe Georgia wants more jobs mm. nope. than LA, just, I don't know. <laughs> just strictly because I was a client for longer. Interesting. Mm. Wow. Yeah. They were like this guy has a bank account that hasn't, you know, gone yeah. bankrupt. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then yeah. I had to I had to open a bank in Georgia, and then I was just sort of doing this weird game of bank telephone every single time a payment had to be made. Oh wow! Um, when you say bank telephone, here in Georgia. is it like yeah. is, is it like you you had to uh, kind of like keep calling them every uh, like you had to call them when you were making a payment? Oh, uh, was I mean it was more than that. Like I wasn't there to open a bank account, and COVID happened, so I couldn't travel. Um, oh so I God. had to have someone else oh, open the bank account in my name. <laughs> oh, that must have been like a ton of paperwork, right? Like um, the procreation and stuff to be like, yeah, they really represent me for real, I swear. <laughs> uh, honestly, I can't remember how much paperwork it was now. I just remember I was really frustrated at the time and wondering how anyone possibly does this from zero. <laughs> uh, well, I guess like the thing, it's the hard. thing that's kind of crazy is that like you did all that. Like you're an artist. But you did all that like administrative, bureaucratic side of it, which, you know, I guess like the first instinct of someone who would be like creating a studio, or I don't know, I, we haven't actually asked Chris about it, but like maybe they hired someone who's like, that's their jam paperwork. 
Well, I come from a family of accountants, so the instinct was already kind of in me. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. I didn't really think too much about whether I could do it. It was just this task was in front of me, and (laughs) there were avenues to get it done, so I did it. I like like that about your mentality is like, all right, I have to do it now it <laughs> it will get done <laughs> that's very efficient it's like you're not do you do you ever get like anxious or do you just like you don't have time for anxiety honestly i didn't realize what i was doing at the very beginning i didn't i didn't think i was actually starting an animation studio so there wasn't really any anxiety to be had i thought i was just sort of goofing off well not goofing off i was doing work but right the the animator's version of goofing off where you you know, enjoy yourself on your time off by doing more work for a different company. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, so you you created your studio because you um, somebody reached out to you for Hades. Is that right? Yeah, Gen Z reached out. Uh, she ended up calling me. I, I took the call while I was at Sony. Um, and she didn't think she'd be able to convince me to do work with him. <laughs> Um, but I'd known about Gen Z since I was in college. I mean, I played the hell out of Bastion when I was a student. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, she, their initial offer was to have me do the thing by myself. But I was like, God, I'm so tired of doing things by myself. Right. I, I really just wanted some support. And I, and I didn't know how much work it was going to be at Spider-Verse either since I had just started. Mm-hmm. Um, on, looking back on it, it was kind of rash to take two jobs at once when I had just started Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But was that something you were just like, like it was, you couldn't turn it down. Like, was it just exciting? I was just feeling refreshed because I hadn't worked in many months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, after Owl House, Sony w- was supposed to hire me right away, but then there were some hiccups and then I ended up taking six months off work and blowing my entire savings. <laughs> um, and I was feeling pretty good about myself when I finally got into the studio. So I was like, yeah, I can take all this work at the same time. It'll be no problem. And, uh, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that bad. I've done worse. I mean, <laughs> I remember we were hanging out. It was it was kind of rough. But I feel that's kind of the thing that we kind of forget, it was... right? It's like, it's like on in the moment, it's like gruesome. And then when you look back, you're like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> I mean, it, it was wasn't problem. gruesome, V. I've definitely actually <laughs> had worse. Like, it was no, like, opening on Castlevania where I, like, stayed up for five nights straight. Oh, my God. Oh, God. But, uh, and I don't work that way anymore. That was just something dumb I did when I was younger, and I paid the price for that, man. You should see how gray my hair has gotten in just the past four years. Oh, well. That's also, you know, I mean, I guess, like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, like, talent comes with a lot of practice, and you've definitely put in the hours. Um, and it's something that you kind of, like you're you're you just take work really seriously like a lot more seriously than a lot of people that uh that i know and i guess like uh because it sounds like you know sometimes you could like listen to like yeah i was working on spider-verse and putting together a studio but it's uh, that's a lot of work that's a lot of commitment and that's a lot of hours it's like after a full day of working on a day job you go home and you put in another like what would you say like four four or five hours Uh, yeah something like that per night although uh, to be honest the pandemic made it easier oh yeah because you didn't have Mm -hmm. to commute because i didn't have to go anywhere and there was nothing to do i was stuck in my apartment all day i was like oh this might actually be kind of a weird i mean like it sounds weird but it was like a little bit of a blessing for us because i didn't have to go from the studio to my house that like one hour commute would have sucked so much time out of the schedule right yeah yeah it really does. Like, time has become such a valuable currency for me more than anything. It's just like every 30 minutes that I have to commute or whatever, it's like, well, that's gone. Like, I can't <laughs> I can't do anything. But, but it's not even just productive either. For me, it's like I, I also am, you know, I don't have that's less time for relaxation. That's less time for like anything. It's, so, like, yeah, those commutes are brutal. That was the biggest upside of the of the pandemic, I think, is it's just like getting back some of that time. I hate working from home, though. I would much rather work, like, in-house <laughs> if I could. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you have any interest in creating a physical space for Grackle at some point? Oh, yeah. The moment we're able to actually, you know, get enough work in to, to hire full-time, for sure. Although, we'll probably look at some sort of situation where we do, like, a split thing where people, 
can come in for sure. you know a couple days a week or maybe they don't want to come in at all maybe they want to be entirely freelance it's things to consider and since i run the business i guess i can make these decisions <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all up to you. Where would you want to uh, set that up if you could? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Not California though. The yeah, price of living sure. is too high. I some place where people can actually afford to live, and then we'll just pay them the same rates people make in California, and and they can, you know, live their lives <laughs> mm-hmm. live luxuriously honestly <laughs> and not have to worry about their savings being drained from six months of not working yeah yeah so- it's rough man the animation scene because I, I lived in atlanta very briefly and i worked at um, a studio called radical access and uh they were the ones who used to do squidbillies and aqua Teen and all that and like th- there was like two animation shops it was like radical access and um God, I remember the awesome ink. I think no, they came after, but there, there's not, there's not a lot, and there's a lot of people coming out of SCAD that are looking for work, and like, I don't know. There's just, I really wish that there were more like actual animation opportunities, and not in two places. And basically, in 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 LA, like, it's not even a real opportunity because, like you said, like it's impossible to sustain yourself on on animation salaries. So I yeah, I commend your your drive to make that happen because I think that's desperately needed uh, out here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I can't promise yeah. anything because I'm one person. No, but... <laughs> no, no, don't, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Uh, that's there's plenty of I I'd be, I'm like I think I'm I'm seeing a turn with studio work where. Um, I've talked to, you know, we've talked to Chris P and other people and like, it seems like because there's so much content being produced now that um, like animation studios, even the ones that are domestic, like in the US, like they have to turn work down. And that's crazy because that didn't used to be the case. Like it used to be where if you had a a small studio, uh, you're just like, yeah, sure. We'll take that on. We'll take that on. And uh, that's not good because then there's less competition which means that you don't have to ask for as much money and so what i'm hoping is is that the one of the good things of this endless stream of of content is that it'll create more competition and studios will be able to get higher budgets and then pay their people more you know so that's that's my optimistic view on uh like animation work being done in america that would be that would be great. That's my that's my <laughs> hopeful view of things. Well, we do actually spend a lot of time turning down jobs. I think half my email is just yeah. turning down jobs. It's a lot of work. Turning and down jobs? <laughs> yeah, and we, we've got um, um, my friend uh, Adam Amaral has been the one managing the studio email forever now. And, uh, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. God, it's so much work, man. It's so much work just managing the email. I don't know. This is probably the worst part of it. Oh. And then you have to write rejection emails, which are not fun, but like we're too busy. I, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, to me, it sounds like there's like serious opportunity for expansion because if you're getting that much offered to you, like, and you know, you know, there's animators out there looking for work, like. Yeah, it's it's true, but right now I'm all tied up on Spider Verse. So in, until I decide to put a yeah. a big period on this, I'm not going to be able to focus full time on this. And like, frankly, like we need another director if we're going to start taking on multiple jobs. Do you um is is that maybe I mean maybe it's too soon. Maybe you don't want to talk about it. But like, uh, it what do you kind of plan for yourself after the um, after Spider Verse? Uh, uh, ants for you i can't really talk about it because a lot of it's a lot of nda stuff okay floating, you know good mm-hmm. good old okay. nda sure. stuff floating around NDA. but um we are moving in kind no of an interesting direction <laughs> okay we are we are moving in kind of an interesting direction i think it, it might end up being the case where we can start hiring full-time sooner rather than later so awesome. that's uh you know that's interesting it's uh terrifying it and uh ah! I just hope I don't let people down, to be honest. You won't. 
I, I understand the fear because, yeah, the, the more responsibility that it piles on, the more it's like once people's livelihoods are in your hands, yeah, that's that's a stressful mm-hmm. thing. But, it, yeah, it was easy but, to be gung ho about it when we were just doing freelance work for Hades. But yeah, yeah, now, yeah. now that it's looking like it might actually be a real thing where people might actually have to rely on Grackle for a paycheck. Like, oh, God, that's I'm going to do my best. But that is terrifying. Do you feel like that kind of. Um, you started kind of becoming more aware of that when you did the critical role um, bit? Or is it something just like because now you're considering going full-time and and it's the full-time aspect of it that's just kind of making it like real? It's definitely only the full-time aspect of it. We rolled straight from Hades into critical role. We, we did that project a year ago. Mm. Um, it just took a really long time to come out. Um, so I wasn't thinking about it back then either. I, I was just coming off of the like, oh yeah, maybe this studio thing could be an actual thing mm-hmm. sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's only this year that I'm starting to think about things like that. And uh, yeah. It's like being a parent. I'll figure it out. But you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also like, you know, like, hey, like, um, it's impossible to get it perfect every time so you know there's gonna be uh there's gonna be ups and downs just like i guess it was kind of easier for you when it was just yourself and your animation career but but you you're still alive and you're doing great so (laughs) it's just gonna be the same thing but for the studio (laughs) i am still alive yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i I say that every day it's like i'm still alive and depending on the mood, you know, that the tone of voice is different. <laughs> um, but uh, something we like to ask our guests is how they deal with creative block and what it feels like for them. Um, to me, creative block kind of manifests after long periods of burnout. Like sure. if I'm starting to get creative block, it means to me that I, I have burned out without realizing it. Because um, to to me, art is very uh, technical, especially when I'm working for for other people. I'm not really putting in a massive amount of creative energy at this point. I've just done it for so long that I can do it again. Um, but my trick for it, I mean, I have lots of little tricks for it. Really, like one thing I'll do is I'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna get up, I'm gonna get coffee, and then I'm gonna sit at my computer and check Twitter, because just the act of sitting at my computer can sort of trick me into maybe I open my animation file and then like maybe I see something mm-hmm, that I did mm-hmm. yesterday that I'm not super keen on and that transforms into me doing some new things and before I know it I've worked for like two hours. Um, I love that you mentioned that because it's something that nobody has ever mentioned before. Looking at something and it's something that I've read in this daily ritual book about that like covers like artists and writers and philosophers and da 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 like uh sometimes something to kind of like start working is to look at your old work uh even if it's just a one day old work i i think that's really really smart and it's something that we yeah we haven't really discussed before is this something that you do often kind of like looking at something that you've just done and like editing basically uh, really only when I'm not feeling great and <laughs> it's it, it's it's just really a way for me to work through creative block I don't spend a lot of time um erasing old stuff you kind of have to just keep moving forward in animation or you'll never finish so yeah yeah um yeah although I spend a lot of time on doing that on spider-verse lately Hmm, interesting. Maybe, maybe you're burnt out. You I think- mean, maybe I'm burnt out, but I, I think it more has to do with just like I'm working on a feature now, and there's like the, the sort of a perfectionism that comes with that. Sure. Hmm. Can, yeah, definitely. Do you think how much of uh, your work on Spider versus um, NDA? How much can you kind of tell us what you're doing on those show? V, I think you know the answer to that. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had to ask no because like for example if i were to talk about storyboarding on the feature i could talk about it without breaking nda for example it would be just kind of like um in terms of like meetings the amount of meetings or like the amount of um like the na- the nature of the notes or like kind of uh like the the nature of like a launch would would be very different between tv and feature um yeah well i mean i can talk about some of that stuff but to be honest the nature of our launches is a lot more like figuring it out Mm. than uh tv is like usually with tv there's no time to figure it out you you go in and you do it once and if it looks good then that's approved 
night. Um, but like yeah. on feature, yeah. there's so many specific points you have to hit. Sometimes you go in with uh, not very much of a vision at all, and you just kind of have to like make something from the ground up. And the entire time you're stressing about whether or not this is correct for the movie, or like whether or not y- you even think this is any good. And then you stress about it for a really long time, and then at some point during that, something has come out of your hand, and it's time for the meeting, so you got to submit that. <laughs> and then, would you say that you spend um, you you spend more time revising animation on feature than in um, in TV? Oh my god, I, I, there are weeks where I'll spend like three days making an animation and then I just delete it. And that I've never done that before. I, I've i never had the luxury of being able to delete my work before. Um, but it, Interesting. it also doesn't feel great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I see it as a luxury because like, this is a, like at the end of the day, this is a great job. Like I, I like working on Spider-Verse and I like that they give me enough time to really focus on things, but at the same time, it can be really right. stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, we have a bunch of Twitter questions that I think are very good, and I'd like to ask them. <clears throat> um, from at Dimps Doodles, what's some of the best stuff to study if you want to do really great action animation slash boarding? Um, well, you should definitely look at some of the best action animators in the world. You know, when people are asking me, uh what they should reference i usually try to tell them to go to the root of the work like when you're picking your influences a lot of people will pick from like people they see on twitter or like for example i don't think i'm a good reference for action animation because my work is derivative of other action animators and Ah. if you just keep going down the line it's it's this game of animation telephone where by the end of it Mm -hmm. you're not even sure why the artist made those decisions almost every decision in animation like it was made for a reason at one point and the closest you can get to the original creator of of those techniques the more you're going to be able to understand it so like i really like to tell people to look at like some of the older action animators like yutaka nakamura or you know you could look at noria matsumoto like everyone does but like they they created a lot of these techniques like yeah go, go for the go for the masters don't look at my work that's my best advice. Yeah, that's really good advice. I think you are, like, I think you're a good person to study because I think you do good work. But I understand what you're saying about the, you know, that sort of game of telephone. It's like, if if you're only looking at the results and not the, not the source, then you're sort of whittling away the intent behind things. And it just becomes like style on top of style on top of style on top of style. Um, Which you could argue at some point is also just kind of like how art is created. It's true that like animation is a fairly new art form. So it's it's a lot easier to go back to the source uh, compared to, for example, like, I don't know, writing or literature or that kind of stuff. Right. You know, but that's true. Yeah. No, I, I get that though. I think it, yeah, it's always good to study the masters. I mean, even if you're an artist, right? Like people always say to study study the masters, but animation has definitely become funneled into like, well, who's the most recent person? Let's just look at what they're doing, and that's not always beneficial. Yeah, I mean, it's not that it's not it. beneficial, but like if you want to get if you want to get the purest technical experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the reason people study the like nine old men from Disney too. You know, like those, those guys were creating animation as they were doing like that. Like V said, it's pretty new, and like all those early Disney movies, they were like figuring out how to make things move, and uh, it's fascinating when you when you break down their process for that stuff. Yeah, well, um, and even their technical techniques, like just things that <laughs> like camera operators were doing a lot of that stuff has kind of slipped through the cracks over mm-hmm. time which is my my biggest fear when it comes to people taking influence from like younger people because a lot of times younger people we tend to reinvent the wheel in places like i i feel like in in this industry I, i've seen like someone come up with a new way of, of doing literally the exact same thing that was done before and they just expend a lot of effort 
trying to figure out this thing that like there was already a solution for that does that make any sense or am i just rambling yeah i i i totally agree with what you're saying and at the same time sometimes i feel like unless you kind of go through that hurdle yourself it's kind of like you know experience um yeah it's kind of like two different ways of learning right it's like either you learn it from the source with like kind of like the pure technique or it's more experimental type of learning where you have to uh trial and error a million times and then you're like wow i did this thing and then yeah you could be like yeah. well the uh, the older guy did it before you way faster <laughs> but the thing is that at the end of the day it kind of depends what your goal is because if your goal is to like yeah. really kind of it like uh, burn the knowledge in your brain i i kind of feel like the trial and error route works better for some people than the other kind it's definitely more fun and i only say this because i was a trial and error learner Mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me like over the years the the really good trial and error learners that i've known have all kind of arrived at the same conclusion which is like oh we probably should have taken studying the masters more seriously (laughs) but is it something that you ended up doing more later as a result of like doing so much trial and error um, I just felt like I wasted a lot of time. <laughs> like, I oh, mean, okay. trial and error is good, but like I, there, there were so many times I was beating my head against a wall because I was missing a very simple technique that an older animator had invented like 50 years ago. <laughs> mm, I see. Yeah. Yeah. My whole career has been like, it's been <laughs> sort of like, I want to do that thing that I saw that looks cool and I would just kind of copy it and... Yeah, there's a certain point where I feel like I've missed out on building up those foundational things. Like, I never really learned proper anatomy. And, uh, you know, I'm doing all right, but I still feel like as an artist or as an animator, I'm not as developed because I skipped a lot of those things. But, yeah, I mean, everyone has their path. And I think what we're talking about is probably, like, maybe a higher level thing. Because I think a lot of younger students and people who are getting into animation or or whatever they're gonna probably just want to do the stuff that's fun first and that's i think that's okay no there's definitely value in that because then they'll keep doing it right yeah (laughs) you don't want to like that's yeah hit the boring stuff right away because then you'll stop (laughs) that's and that's kind of like a problem i think in the way for example music is taught because i did a little bit i played a little bit the flute when i was like a kid and i hated it and now i'm a grown-up and i'm like I wish I didn't give up music, but it's just because, you know, like you view the scales for a million yeah. times and you never see like the fun stuff almost seems like it doesn't exist. Um, totally. So I could see that. I could, I think it's a balance, right? You have, yeah. you have to have fun because if you don't have fun, you're going to give up, but you also have yeah. to at some point, you know, uh, <laughs> be, take like, your studies uh, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah um from at son of tutu choppy what made you grow the most artistically speaking and what kind of study would you recommend for someone who enjoys animating far more than just drawing um an interesting one the thing that made me grow the most artistically was this moment at the beginning of college where i realized i was the worst uh not the worst i was one of the worst draftsmen in the class um Mm -hmm. so i spent a few months just copying all of my peers drawing styles um yeah Mm -hmm. emulation is really the best technique for learning yeah um and like i said before i think you should try and emulate people that really have a handle on what they're doing um and when it comes to practicing animation you definitely need to get a handle on uh basic human movements like it's it's great if you can animate someone like flipping around and like that's fun and everything but like what if you can't animate them just sitting down? <laughs> How can you call yourself an animator if you can't convince someone that your drawings are alive? Like that's the whole yeah. point, right? Man, I had a <laughs> one of my uh, good friends in college. I remember we talked about that. Like he was like, "Yeah, Gene, exactly that." He was like, "Yeah, Gene, you can animate like you know a character like fighting." But he's like, "Can you just like animate a guy like holding an object in his hands?" And I was like, "Man, fuck you!" I like, and I remember like being annoyed by that. And and now I get what he I mean, I figured it out a while ago, but I figured it out later. I was just like, yeah, I guess I don't. I was like, I guess I don't know how to do that. And uh, it's a good thing to have if you, my my goal shifted a while back. Like I didn't want to do animation 
professionally because it's like we've said it doesn't pay well and it's exhausting um but uh if you are a diehard animation person like you absolutely have to learn how to do basic human movements i think that's very good advice mm-hmm. um let's see uh at mw singer asked i'd love to know what spencer enjoys doing outside of work and what his favorite restaurants are <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, when it comes to favorite restaurants, I have different ones in all of the cities I've lived in. So, drop some recommendations. Okay, well, if you're in Atlanta, there is a sushi restaurant called Sushi Mito, and they are really, really good. They also serve izakaya, and everything on the menu is fantastic. It's a giant menu. Oh, um, yeah. For Los Angeles, my favorite sushi place was uh, Kazunori. Um, they don't have the best sushi in LA, but they definitely have like a really good compromise between price and quality. Okay. And that's why it's my favorite because you can fucking afford it. You can just go there and like eat your fill and then you walk out with a bill that's like under $40, like fantastic. Mm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then for, uh, Austin where I lived when I was working at powerhouse, um, I would recommend, uh, ramen Tatsuya, which is a restaurant I fainted in once. Oh, in a good way or a bad way? I slipped. I don't know. Is there a good on way? On the curb because it was wet, and then I crashed into a grocery cart, and I oh. got like this. I got this like giant bone bruise that I um, wasn't sure if I had a fracture because I'd broken that leg several times, and I stood on it and it held my weight, but the <gasps> whole time my brain was going like is this broken or are you just tanking it because you've gotten used to this pain already? Like, are, are, are you, are you seriously Ugh. screwing up your leg right now? Like, do you need to sit down? Uh, or, or are you fine? And you're just being a baby. So uh, I walk into the restaurant and uh, my brother gets up to order ahead of me. And the whole time I'm just like, I'm just like moving through this line thinking like, Oh my God, like, am I permanently damaging my leg by walking on it right now? Like, is this, is this going to be okay? Oh, right. Or am I just, or am I just freaking out over nothing? And then, like, I get up to order, and the lady's like, what would you like? And I say, like, I think I'm going into shock. And my brother oh, no. is like, oh, he's joking, right? But then he sees that, like, I've begun to drag this water glass toward me. Like, I was holding this water glass over oh. the counter, and I'm, like, slowly dragging it toward me. And my brother's like, he's not joking. And then I fall, and he catches me, and then he catches the water. And I wake up with uh, one of their chefs, like, slapping me in the face. And I guess I fainted for, like, a few seconds. And he tries to grab my leg. And I'm just like, no, don't do that. (laughs) And an ambulance shows up. And I can't afford an ambulance. So they're like, please get in this ambulance. And I'm like, absolutely not. I will not get in that ambulance. I know what's going to happen if I get in that ambulance. I'm never going to recover from this financially. So I, I, (laughs) I send them away. And the Roman people are like, you sure? you're fine and i'm like yeah yeah i'm fine but i still want to eat though um and they ended up giving me ramen for free wow and yeah at least you yeah. got ramen for i got free. discounts at that How's restaurant up until the day the entire staff finally turned over um it's fine mm-hmm. i was just a bone bruise <laughs> still that's still insane. i love that like I thought maybe it was a fun like it was so good i fainted but no you almost no Ruined. Oh, and their ramen's really good. My my favorite ramen in the country. So go there if you want to try it. Okay. <laughs> um, ask for the Spencer discount. Yeah. Oh, and I guess my they asked about hobbies too, right? I mean, I do a lot of archery. I started to take it really seriously yeah. after uh, COVID started because it was it was the only thing I could do outside that guaranteed someone had to stand apart from me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else That's do I do? I play a lot of video games. I play a weird medley of video games. Uh, where I'll play like Animal Crossing, and then I'll play Dark Souls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, varying tastes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm the same. Uh, at Dino Lich asked, if you could challenge anyone real or fictional to an archery contest, who would it be? I would challenge like basically any Hollywood character to an archery contest because they spend like a few weeks learning how to shoot the bow and they never quite get the form right. So I'm pretty confident I could outshoot like any of the celebrities who have learned. Nice. Probably. <laughs> uh, speaking of video games, at Art of Jordan E asked, "Have you ever played a Castlevania game prior to working on the show? And if yes, what's your favorite?" Um, I tried the first two Castlevania games when I knew that I was going to be working on the show, but I couldn't get yep. over the stairs controls. Uh, 
they're tough. Yeah, so then I tried Symphony of the Night after a little bit of Castlevania, and I was like, okay, this one I can probably get behind, but I'm too busy right now. I think I got to the second save point, and then I had to work on Boruto. <laughs> um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Crogdon asked, what is the most appealing kind of animation for you, and what do you usually use to distinguish it from others? That's a hard one, huh? There are just so many types of animation. I don't, I don't know if I have one a type that's the most appealing to me at all. I, I just like seeing people make good work. Mm-hmm. But usually, like, for example, what's what's the kind of work that when you when you see it pop up, like, on your feed or, like, when you watch a, an animated movie or ad or whatever, what's the kind of work that you're like, wow, that was really cool? Hmm. Honestly, I feel like these days I spend a lot of time watching things and, like, Sometimes I'll get really impressed at how consistently something is directed. Because <laughs> mm. in Japan, the director has to draw over the animation to make it consistent, right? So, like, sometimes you'll get these episodes where a director has done a ton of work, and you can tell that, like, a lot of the drawings have stemmed from this one person. And that is a very unhealthy way to run a production, and a lot of people get real sick from it. Uh, but it does look really good. It's not the sort of way I'd want to run a production, but... It's definitely impressive, and it's like, God, I can feel, like, the the suffering that this person put into this episode. So, Spencer likes suffering. No, I'm joking. I I'm just like suffering. <laughs> I'm sorry. God. I'm, I was just joking. We can cut it. No, it's fine. Leave it in. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah, I love suffering. I'm Spencer Wan, and I want I you all to suffer. No. Gonna put that on your Twitter box. No, I spend a lot of time these days trying to make sure younger animators don't have to suffer the way I did. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think I admire that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you should do, right? It's, it's that weird sort of mentality where people like pull the ladder up behind them and they're like, you gotta go through the same shit I went through. And it's like, that's so like hostile and mean. Yeah. Like, don't you wanna make things better for people? I don't no, know. No, fuck that. I don't think anyone should be working five nights in a row that was insane i don't want to put that on someone else like no one should have to do that it sucked that's really crazy i feel like yeah i don't think i ever did anything like this because i can't even pull an all-nighter like it's not biologically possible for me i just like end up falling asleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah i couldn't do it i've never i've never done an all-nighter like I, i don't know if that's just good time management for my behalf or i but i i don't think i could like i've stayed up really late um and maybe woken up a little earlier but mm-hmm. like i i've just always known that if i stayed up the whole night i would fuck up my day and then my whole week like i don't know honestly i'm not no. sure if i can do it anymore either i'll, I'll do late nights you know sometimes I, I yeah my job has become a lot less demanding than it was in my earlier years um mm-hmm. but uh, I've I pulled some like, late nights on Critical Role, and uh, it was taxing. A lot, a lot more taxing than it used to be. I agree with yeah. that. I feel like, yeah, like, like, um, and because I started as a director recently-ish, and, like, there's been moments when I had to kind of, like, stay up late a little bit more just to kind of, like, pick up on some stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's it becomes harder as you <laughs> Yeah. your body is just not as flexible yeah you know you're just like yeah. it's just like yeah you you like the biological routine is more embedded in your cells i guess um, yeah but it's harder and harder yeah yep we're all getting uh, ancient no we're all we're still getting... pretty young i think <laughs> welcome to the dinosaur podcast <laughs> yeah where people in to... their what are you you both are in your late twenties too, aren't you? Thirties. Thirties? Early thirties, yeah. yeah. Gene, you look so much younger. You're the than young that. one here. I'm the young one. Gene, I thought you were younger than me. <laughs> nah, dog. I am thirty two right now. Yeah. Um, and I are same age. But thank you. 80, 89. Yep. 89 represent. Yeah, eighty nine. Yeah. Uh how old are you, Spencer? I'm twenty eight. Man, he's a baby. Okay. Yeah, I'm the baby. It's funny huh? that you thought I was younger. No, man, I've been around. Um, I was I was on Newgrounds back in the old days. I missed Spencer? Newgrounds. Huh? What? You were not on Newgrounds. Oh, really? You were uh, not. Oh, my God. I was not on Newgrounds. No. I Actually, I mean, I think it was still going on when I was younger. I just... um. Never, yeah, never really still going found. On now. I mean, yeah, it's like going on, but it's not like it's not like the golden age of internet animation anymore. 
No, um, not. that weird time in, in the history of the internet that like I think about constantly. That I, I Yeah. Someone should really document this stuff better than <laughs> they have been so far, because like that was such a strange time to be alive. Yeah. There'll be a documentary about it. <laughs> I'm sure it it was there's a lot of forget um, the documentary gene there needs to be a museum there needs to be multiple museums with like sparkle dogs and myspace yeah and everything that was yeah. on newgrounds but yeah i missed that but i think i caught it at the tail end and i decided i didn't really understand it so i uh, was never part of the community but newgrounds is kind of like pr- getting a second win right now i'm seeing more and more yeah, artists getting putting their newgrounds profile in their twitter bio and i'm like oh that's kind of totally cool. It's it's kind of had a weird yeah it has had a resurgence I think um, Friday Night Funkin was actually a big big help interesting because um, it went like viral and now people it, it brought a bunch of traffic to them but to their credit like Tom Fulp has like tried aggressively to um, get to to like archive all that stuff because it is all flash but they've done a lot to convert a lot of the animation to like MP4s and it's all still very viewable i think now you can even look at it on mobile like a lot of the stuff you can view on mobile Oh, that's kind of cool um it's very cool and it's you know talking about museums like if it's digital if this is digital work that is a museum like they have they've made it into a museum of all of these really old um little works of art you know yeah there's a lot of dumb bullshit but it's like a lot of it's really good like a lot of it's really really well done and it's very least entertaining some of the stuff also um, was like definitely into pop culture like uh i was so surprised it was like before the pandemic at halloween i saw somebody dressed as salad fingers and i was like oh no my God, i haven't way. thought of that in forever right yeah <laughs> it's it's still david for i think he just made a new short recently i think he did yeah, yeah. the golden age is gone but but the but the problem is is that the golden age never was lucrative i don't think like you know maybe the biggest stars had some revenue stream i was gonna say we got ego raptor out of it didn't we (laughs) we got ego raptor david firth i think did all right at a certain point and you know i don't know there's like foamy the squirrel but like uh yeah it's it's uh was it really a golden age or was it just the time of like it was the period where they created the term new media and they're still trying to justify its payment using that period yes Yes. Yeah. But no, Newgrounds still still kick in. And I think um, I've, I'll go in there sometimes just to find people to hire. Like uh, there's there's a lot of young talent that's just posting stuff and um, for fun, you know, because it's YouTube. Obviously, we all know is terrible and like doesn't really do any favors for animators um, with the way their uh, money's calculated. Um, but Newgrounds is, is uh, they've always been very considerate we should, huh. we should get tom on the show. i know that would be amazing yeah what do you yeah. do in gene it's your responsibility um, but maybe i'll check out Newgrounds. i know maybe it's not too late for this dinosaur you should <laughs> no you're 28 <laughs> um pick a dinosaur uh, if you were a dinosaur which dinosaur would you be um <laughs> uh, plesiosaurus nice okay good choice wait is it plesiosaurus um, or plesiosaur you probably say both right i'm not yeah, a dinosaur i don't scientist Saurus? Source makes it sound more fancy. Yeah, Source makes it sound much more official. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not even finding it. What? Uh, You're not plesios- finding it? Plesiosaur. Oh my god, is it Plesiosaur? Have I been saying it wrong? If I've been saying it wrong, There's you a... have to cut this part of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> is, it an, is it an underwater Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Plesiosaur... Plesiosauria. That's the plural one, I think. Oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe that's not how you pronounce it. Oh, no. Anyway. I've never heard that word said out loud. You have to cut this part of the interview. <laughs> Ple- no, Plesiosaurus. I, I believe it. Hey, listen. Um, I love it. So, it stays. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, it's staying in. Sorry. For Sorry. Um, we're cutting all the NDA, but we're keeping all the dinosaurs. <laughs> we're keeping the dinosaur talk. Uh, what are your goals for the future? You talked about it a little bit, but uh, what do you want to do with your career and uh, or even just your life? I would like to get into bow making. Interesting. So you want to uh, level up your archery game? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I'm I'm kind of I'm starting to get an understanding about like what 
makes a good bow and what makes a bad bow and what sort of bows I like. And yeah, uh, yeah. bought a couple bow making books. I uh, I got a log from a white oak that I might try to turn into a bow once it's finished curing. Um, Interesting. Or it splits apart and becomes firewood. Who's to say? Because I don't exactly know what I'm doing. Either way, it's going to have use. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm doing exactly the opposite of what I said before, which is I'm doing the trial and error thing, but for bow making. <laughs> But I think it's yeah. like, I know, I know what you're saying, though. It's like, you wish that you had to spend less time, da 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 But hey, you gotta have some fun in life, you know? You just gotta enjoy the process, right? It's like, and sometimes <laughs> enjoying the process means fucking it up a bunch of times. Yeah, I'm probably gonna split a whole bunch of bows in half before I actually make something half decent. Um, but yeah, and then with Grackle, I honestly, everything is so up in the air right now, it's kind of hard to say. Hmm. Sure. I might just. Oh, yeah, probably, probably I might just be saying that for the rest of my life, though. Yeah, that makes. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's probably true. <laughs> I think it's like that's yeah, that's true. like the that's like yeah, that's definitely the hardest part about doing your own stuff. Like being like the boss of you is like you're entirely responsible, which is both like really cool because you can do whatever you want but it's also really scary because you can't do actually whatever you want <laughs> you can't actually do whatever you want. i mean oh, obviously the goal true. is to get us to a place where i can you know where the studio can hire me and other people full-time right but mm-hmm. past right. that i have nothing to tell you <laughs> yeah no those are these are good goals uh i'm excited to uh have visit uh georgia and have you teach me archery Oh yeah, you gonna you gonna come over? Gonna you're make gonna, you gonna shoot some. I bows don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll shoot some bows. I want to try. I want to yeah. Make make a bow. That's your challenge. Make a bow that uh, that I don't that try, I try first, and then Gene has to shoot it, and we just see no. what happens. Yeah. 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 Just see what happens. And if I lose an eye, well, you know, that was destiny. You're more likely to lose a hand, uh, actually. Oh. Uh, that's my money makers. I can't lose those. It's only the left hand, Gene. Uh, you can sacrifice your left hand for the cause. You're right. And I will. <laughs> get a hook. You just get a hook. Yeah. Oh, hooks are cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, have you guys ever thought about this? I don't know. I think about this all the time. I mean, not so much anymore, but I was like, well, if I lose one hand, if I lose one hand, I can, I was looking it up on Google, like what is the price of a robot hand? And it's actually not that bad. I thought it was going to be like a bajillion dollars and it's actually only 15 grand, which is still a lot, but it's still better than a billion. And is it the kind that like actually senses your, uh, yeah, it's the, it, like your muscle. Movements? Well, it's, the thing is that it's the, only the hand. Then you have to get like, actually go to the hospital and stuff and they have to connect it to your nerves. And, and so that's probably a billion dollars. But you get one hand, which is a robot hand. And if you lose the other, then you get a hook. Because, yeah, uh, you know. Because cool. <laughs> you can't have two robot hands. Your body doesn't generate enough electricity. <laughs> no. Exactly. It's just, or your bank account doesn't generate enough dollars. <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah, that's the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's a weird end to this creative block. Spencer, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Yeah, happy to be here. And thanks to your listeners. Follow us on Twitter. It's that creative block, creative without the vowels, where we ask for drunk prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to my sister Clements for editing the podcast. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, Gene. And I was B. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.